0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the official first episode of Real Reality Realness with Cherie Laveau. The podcast where I, Cherie Laveau, talk about all things reality TV, but not like your average viewer. More like somebody who just got promoted in the human resources department. Today, we're going to be talking all things this show. (laughs) We're going to be talking about why I'm starting it, what you can expect, what shows I'll be covering, and you'll also get to know a little bit about me through how I get to know reality TV. Lock in while I clock in, because this is Real Reality Realness with Cherie Laveau. (laughs) This is the beginning. This is again. what's going on everybody welcome this is officially the first as i've already said before the first episode of real reality realness with sheree Laveau. I am Cherie Laveau. Some of you may know me as Jordan Renee, but we're going to get to that in just a second. This is a podcast where I'm going to talk about all things reality TV, and I'm going to be talking about it from a different perspective than I believe I've ever really heard discussed on YouTube or podcast or just the media in general. I think that I am going to talk about these shows, not just from a fun, shady perspective, because trust me, I'm going to read the girls down um, once we get into why I'm starting this podcast. I'll explain a little bit more, but I'm definitely going to read the girls. I'm definitely going to talk all the things. I'm definitely going to, you know say all of the things of the things, but I'm definitely going to have a deeper conversation and have a more broader perspective on what's actually happening on the shows versus just focusing in on the shade. Do you get what I mean? So let's kind of go back a little bit and then work our way up to why I'm starting this podcast. Okay, so let's go back to what I just said a minute ago about how some of you may know me as Jordan Renee, right? Well, that's my name, right? But my stage name is Cherie Laveau. I'm actually a drag performer, a trans woman who does drag, but I am a drag pr- performer. And I am deciding to do all of my content and all of my public stuff under my drag name, Cherie Laveau, and kind of just keep Jordan and just for j- just for at home or whatever, right. Now now I'm not, you know, uncomfortable with you guys knowing that my name is Jordan. I mean I've done several videos on my YouTube channel Georgia Carolina, spelt with a J-O-R-J-A. Spelt like Georgia Smith, but Carolina is still spelt like both states. Um I've done a lot of videos on my YouTube channel under my name Georgia Carolina and these and these episodes of this podcast are gonna go on my youtube channel so it's not like i'm like going into the witness protection program or anything but i am finally ready and prepared to return back to drag and get back on stage and kind of get back into the mix and all of the things of the things and so i'm coming back with a brand new character a brand new act a brand new aesthetic and I just want to really take that and run with it. So I am officially starting this podcast and this is going to be my first official thing that I'm doing as Cherie Laveau because I'm not able to go and do drag yet. I'm working on that. Um, you know, I'm having car troubles right now. I'm not able to actually go and perform and do all the things of th- the things. But once I get my car running and and all of those things i'll be able to go and perform and then you guys will be getting blogs that are exclusive to the youtube channel georgia carolina um but right now in the meantime i wanted to really keep productive and really still do something that kept me out there and kept me engaged with the people who were subscribed to my youtube channel and who recognized me and my voice and my opinions from other things that I had done, and I wanted to stay stay productive. So I thought, you know, maybe I'll do some lives on my YouTube channel just to get back out there, just to kind of, you know, feel my oats and see how it goes. And I had a really good time, but I'm feeling a lot of pressure to be on camera right now, like, and not like pressure from other people to be on camera, but it But I get a lot of anxiety when I think about going live and being on camera and doing all of those things, blah, 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 blah. And I just don't feel like I'm personally ready to have an on-camera setup and do all of those things and, you know, work all of those things again. I think I, but I still have a lot that I want to say. Do you get what I mean? I still have a lot that I want to talk about. I still have a lot that I want to say. I still have a lot that I want to do. So... You know, I just want to make sure that I keep my voice out there and keep my voice heard. And I think for my mental health, it's good that I engage with people about something other than just specifically social justice, so social awareness, and all of the things that if you go back and look at my YouTube channel, I advocate and I talk about. So I wanted to jump back in and get into what I really kind of came into the YouTube space for, but kind of take that to to another level and on a different platform. When I started my YouTube channel, I was a guest on a lot of different people's YouTube channels um, from like calling into their shows and different things, right? And the response that I got really inspired me to start my own channel. And it was really, at first, a channel where I was just kind of like talking a little shit, you know, reading the girls, doing, basically doing what I did when I called into people's shows, but on my own channel. And it evolved into me really wanting to take my natural proclivity to speak out about the things that people don't talk about when it comes to these reality shows, like social awareness and this, that, and the third, blah, blah, blah. I really wanted to to make an effort to talk about those things on my YouTube channel and not just make it a fun and, and, you know, kiki thing. But I think the problem with my YouTube channel outside of the fact that I'm, feeling a little too anxious to be on camera, is the fact that I did not come to a healthy blend of having fun and kikiing, and, kikiing and talking shit and doing all of those things while still being able to drop gems and have important conversation and raise awareness and really Um, interject those points that I wanted to interject into the medium that I wanted to interject it to, which was reality TV and all of those different things. And when I started doing the lives on my YouTube channel, I've done about three of them that I've done recently. I really, watching those back, I felt the flow and the connection of those two things happening. And it kind of happened really organically where I would just talk about The shows that I wanted to talk about that were being seen at the time that the people in the comments wanted to talk about. And then I would just naturally have these natural questions that may have been deeper than people even thought of. And I felt like I was actually starting to have those conversations that I really wanted to have of real social awareness within the context of this pop culture vortex that is the reality tv space the 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 housewives cinematic universe as i call it um and all of these different reality shows not just on bravo but just on television abroad that i don't feel like people were willing to have because i feel like most of the fans and by proxy, the people covering these shows, they want to focus on these shows in a space of escapism and just fun and lightness and kiki and shade. And there's nothing wrong with that. I'm totally not judging anybody for doing those things, but I want to have a bigger conversation than that. And so I feel like just by sheer value of the way that I want to cover these shows, it created a niche for me. And so I'm going to talk about the shows and the way that I talk about the shows. I think I created a unique voice for myself, which is why I kind of say that I talk about the show not like an average viewer, but as somebody who just got promoted in human resources. Because I really act like I work at these networks. I really the way that I talk about these shows, sometimes I feel like I, my, like my job is on the line if I don't say what needs to be said about these shows and it really doesn't have a damn thing to do with me. Yet, I am this passionate about the show, not just as a viewer, but as somebody who's looking at what these shows represent to the greater viewership. I'm looking at how the audience views these shows and more specifically, how minorities view these shows. Not just Black people, not just Hispanic people, not just trans people, not just gay people, but all the intersectionalities and the overlaps that come within those and all of the things outside of those that I didn't mention. Do you get what I mean? Let's let's take a quick break and uh, I'm gonna come back and dive into a little bit more and we're gonna talk about what shows I'm going to be covering on this show and how you guys can let me know what all shows you want me to cover as well. But we'll be right back. And we're back. So I was just talking about how I love to talk about all of the shade and the drama and and the tea and the mess and the fights and the arguments and the who said what to who and the punchlines and the reads and all of those things. And, you know, as much as I enjoy talking about how tacky someone outfit is or how little or how much somebody is bringing to a season, I think there is a greater conversation that people are ignoring. Or in my personal opinion, downright refusing to acknowledge when it comes to the coverage and the watching of these reality shows. I think that people in the fandom are pushing for it now because now as the as the franchise has become more diverse, there are more diversity, hap- there's more diversity happening within the actual audience and the fandom of the show. So I think that now, j- as j- as much people are wanting the shows to just be about escapism and fun and be light-hearted there are just as many people now starting to actually speak up and say wait a minute there's 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 things that we're not addressing here and as much as I love watching this show there's a lot of problematic shit that happens that I think we also need to address while still being able to enjoy these these television programs and as much as I see people jumping in and saying things here and there when it happens, I feel like there isn't a lot of recognition of maybe the microaggressions or maybe the things that are happening that we don't necessarily see playing out, but if you're paying attention as like, it's kind of like those, if you know, you know, type of situations where you have to be somebody who's experienced the type of things happening on the show that aren't spoken about and that may not even be knowledgeable to the people producing and editing this this the 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 show to point out. So now we have to have a conversation as people who are in the know to show hey these things are happening these these, th- these these things are happening and because of these these things happening or because of the way these things look that might be the reason why this shade is happening and why these people don't get along and why you see these people ganging up on these people but not these people do you get what i mean it goes back to that whole colorism conversation that that ha- that, that 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 happens in the real housewives of Potomac all the time about why people hold Candace more accountable than Ashley when in ashley's earlier seasons she was just as aggressively messy or she, well she was aggressively messy where and she was just as aggressive in her arguments with with the girls and went just as low as candace did but for some reason candace is just held to this much extreme standard and i believe it's because she's a dark-skinned black woman A lot lot of people don't want me to talk about that, but I'm going to talk about that. And that's why I created my own YouTube channel and subsequently created my own platform with this podcast to talk about it. Because I feel like I'm not the only person who wants to have these these conversations. And based on the interactions that I've been having on social media and in my YouTube comments, I'm not the only person because there are a lot of people who may not initially see the things that I see, But once they hear my perspective on it, they go back and they clock it. And they're like, oh, damn, I do see that. And then there's also a a great number of people who when I post the things that I post about the shows, they're like, yeah, I see that, too. So I think that there's a greater conversation that that needs to be had about just the fun and the shade and about how much money people have. And we also need to have a conversation about the people's moral character and what some of their actions tend to reflect or tend to initiate in the fandom because just because I call out somebody's behavior as being problematic, it doesn't necessarily mean that I'm saying that they're problematic because some people do things that aren't intended as being problematic and they don't, they may not even know that they're doing something that's problematic. But if you somebody who recognizes the way that this would play out in a social media perspective or the way that a particular demographics fans will see this and interpret it when it comes to how you interact with people of color or a people of a different um, character base than what some people may consider normal. It is... Sometimes the behavior of these women or these people on these shows leads their fans to act in a way that is very problematic that they may not even be conscious or aware of. And I think that is something that I want to contribute to the greater conversation when it comes to talking about reality TV, because me acknowledging problematic behavior isn't necessarily saying that the person is problematic. It's saying, hey, because you're doing this, it's going to allow your fan base to act like this on social media. Do you get what I'm saying? It may not even be something you're conscious of or aware of, because a lot of that. That goes right down to the conversation of privilege. If you're somebody who doesn't have the necessity to be aware of of situations like racism, like microaggressions, like transphobia, homophobia and things like that. Like if you if you're not someone who has to be aware of those things because you're not subjected to them, it is easy for you to do things subconsciously without being aware. Do you get what I mean? And so I really want to add that to the whole context of talking shit, having fun, you know, reading the girls down, recapping the shows, pointing out, you know, all the things that the editors are pointing out, stuff that they didn't point out. Because I think that my favorite part of watching a lot of these reality shows, specifically Housewives, is the editors, it's not even the girls on the show sometimes. A lot of the times the best part of the show is the editors because the editors are watching the show like us and they know what we wanna see. Or at least they point out things that they think that we wanna see. Do you get what I mean? And so I have a lot of the time I have a lot of fun a lot of the time seeing what the editors are gonna point out and see if they point out and see the thing and see that they see the same things that I see, right? Now, in saying that, to take that back to what I was just saying earlier, I don't think that the editors are going to point out microaggressions on Housewives. But it is funny to see things like on Atlanta when Drew said she lost 25 pounds in 30 days and then it brought up her Instagram post and it said clearly written on her post that she lost 10 pounds in 30 days. I love shit like that, right? I love how the, how the editors will hear a housewife say something and instantly flash back to when either they're proving what, what they're saying or they're contradicting what they're saying. I love all that fun, shady, messy shit too. So we're going to get into all of those things, but I really wanted to establish as somebody who is Black, trans, identifies as a woman, and... Is a natural born kind of empath and advocate what perspective I was also coming from so that you don't get caught off guard when I get to talking shit about these housewives and then all of a sudden throw in colorism do you get what I mean? I don't want y'all to be thrown off guard when we start talking about you know these girls being shady, but then I talk about how Kenya Moore calling his husband aggressive is a direct gaslight to microaggressions on social media because now her saying that a black man is being aggressive or national television can automatically give the white viewers credence to pick any behavior that is deemed out of the realm of nice, sweet, go-along, get-along as aggressive and pin it on Black people. Do you get what I'm saying? I had a whole dialogue about this on um, Twitter where I had to try to explain to people that... What Ross may have done by standing, in his, by, by standing up in his seat may not have been the best course of actions to do, but labeling him aggressive is more dangerous than what he deserves because he's not somebody who's dangerous to women. And what we're watching is an edited version of an overall situation happening on film so labeling somebody as aggressive based on 30 seconds of maybe a two hour conversation is going to allow white people watching this show to pick any any little thing that black people do that they deem as angry or or more intense than they want to deal with and pin us as aggressive because now they have Kenya Moore saying that a man standing up in his seat defending his wife is now aggressive. Do you get what I'm saying? It's It kind of goes back to what I said on my first YouTube channel way, way back in the day about how Black people in music using the N-word in their music is selling the word to white people. And the reason why we now get gaslit out of being upset about white people using the N-word is because they have the example of the black artists that they listen to and that they pay for, and they go to their concerts and they buy their merch and they support them and they tweet their songs and they stream their music. They say the N-word and so now they make it okay in their mind. I'm not saying that that's what rappers are doing or that's what singers are doing, but I'm saying that that's how it's being interpreted. That goes back to what I was saying earlier about how different things that people do can incite certain behavior in their fans that they're not even aware of. Do you get what I'm saying? You saying the N-word because you're a black person and you have the right to say it in music. You're also wanting people of all all, all demographics to buy your music, but you don't necessarily want all those demographics to say all the lyrics in your music. So I think that people need to be more conscious of that, just like people on reality TV shows need to be more conscious of their behavior, not necessarily to a point of where we're getting shells of them on TV and they can't do anything, but it's something where we have to be aware of how the things that we say and do affect people. It's very think before you speak. Just like the people... Like just like you would want somebody to think about how something would affect your children, just think about how you would want how something you say or how something that somebody else would say, how that would affect other people, whether it be about race, sexuality, um, gender, any of those things. There are certain things that people do and say that just because it's in the context of race or gender or sexuality or orientation, blah, 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 If you strip those things away from it, it's still offensive just on the basis of that person being a human being and it being offensive. So I think that a lot of people get wrapped up in the extra labels that get thrown on top of it when we really need to just be focusing on the fact that this behavior is offensive. And then on top of that, the history in this country that allows certain nuance For very problematic things to happen that are now being able to be manifested tenfold because of social media. Do you get what I'm saying? This is what I mean by we're going to get into that mix of me having fun and talking about how tacky Giselle's clothes are. But then also talking about how I think that it's bullshit that Candace gets called out unnecessarily for the same shit that is nowhere near as bad as anything that Giselle has ever done on this show but being a light-skinned green-eyed woman she gets a pass. Yeah, it's very like, you know, both sides of the coin, but the coin is flipping all 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 the time. Who's that person in Batman who was flipping the coin? Was that um Scarface? Two-Face? Scarface? Was that Two-Face or was that the Riddler? the one that was flipping the coin all the time. I'm the one that's always flipping the coin because I see both sides in real time because I'm not only somebody who's enjoying the show as a viewer, but I'm also somebody who's enjoying the show or somebody who's ingesting the show as a person of color, as a person of trans experience, as a person of third gender identity, as a person of intersectionality. So not only am i someone who enjoys the 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 kiki and the shade but i'm also the person who catches the nuance of the shit that the women on the show may not realize, the editors may not realize, the people who are casting these people may not realize like i i call it like that because i i ingest it like that. I'm somebody who is feeling both sides of that coin flip in real time. So with that being said, that's pretty much what you can expect from the show. You can expect this back and forth of Kiki and Shade and realness and reality. Do you get what I mean? Um, yeah. So with that being said, we're going to take another quick break. I'm going to finally come back and talk about all of the shows that you can expect me to cover. And um open the floor for some suggestions and let and let you guys know where you can leave me a voice note to let me know suggestions on the show comments concerns shows you want me to cover shows you want me to talk about and we're gonna wrap up our first episode of real reality realness with Cherie Laveau so we're gonna take a quick break and we'll be right right back all right writing so now that I've gotten all of the important and juicy stuff out of the way I've told you who I am I've told you where I'm coming from I've told you where I've came from I've told you you know what you can expect and all of the things that I'm giving you know I've told you you know what's gonna be given what's gonna be gave I think that now we can talk about you know all the shows that I'm gonna be talking all of this shit about Okay, let's get into it. Um, Of course, I'm going to be covering as much of the Housewives cinematic universe, as I affectionately call it, as I can personally digest. Um, As you guys know, with the recent activities going on in the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills space, the fandom has become more toxic than I think it has ever been. And I am genuinely finding it hard to keep up with these shows because it's hard to watch certain things and know what type of behavior it's going to incite on social media. And after seeing what happened, not only to a person of color, but somebody's 14-year-old son, I think that the level of disgust and disdain that I feel for certain behaviors not only on behalf of the women on these shows but behalf of the fandom and the people who watch these shows it makes it very hard to watch certain things on the opposite side of that when it comes to Atlanta this has just been a terrible fucking season for me So, whereas with Beverly Hills, I'm finding it hard to continue to watch the show because I see it as so problematic. I can't sit here and focus on the show being good and how Garcelle and Sutton are the only thing that are pleasurable to watch on this show because everybody else on the show is so aggravating and frustrating as a person and not only as a person, as a person of color to watch. Um... In Atlanta, this show has just been terrible. This season has just been terrible. I feel like it's just been a raggedy-ass season. So, it's not that I haven't wanted to watch because the girls are just problematic, which I do feel like there are certain things that are problematic, like I was saying about Kenya Moore calling Sanya's husband aggressive. I feel like that was extremely problematic. problematic, honey. I feel like that was extremely problematic, but... It wasn't like, oh, this show is just hard to watch because they make my blood boil. If they made my blood boil, it was just because all these girls were faking it and it was a bunch of TV BS that I couldn't get into because none of it felt real. And say whatever you want to, fans of Real Housewives of Atlanta, y'all trying to give Sanya a hard time. Y'all can hate on Sanya all y'all want to, but besides Candy, she was the only one that w- that wasn't faking for cameras this season. The reason why I don't like this season, and the reason why I've been talking so much shit about all the girls this season, is because I feel like all the girls have been bullshitting. I feel like all the girls have been faking it and phoning it in. So I feel well, not, well, not, not even phoning it in. They've been phoning in the real storylines, and they've been amping up all of the bullshit and the fake drama and the mess. And I don't like that because I feel like Sanya and Candy worth the one. They were the only ones who were not playing to cameras. So while on one side in Beverly Hills, they're just problematic as fuck and it just makes, makes the entire show hard to watch because not only does watching this show challenge my moral compass, it also infuriates me as a person of color and just as somebody who is just a person of moral character. Like, I just have a soul. So, watching that show has been very difficult for me and for my chi. But in Atlanta, they just aggravate the hell out of me because they've been bullshitting. Like, I'm going to do a whole episode on this season of, of The Real Housewives before the reunion airs. But, well, the reunion may have started airing by the time the episode comes out, forewarning. But... I'm still gonna go and recap the entire reunion, but I'm gonna go back and recap the entire season first because I need to really talk about this. This season has been crazy as hell for me. And I and I don't like it. But with that being said, I, I'm gonna be covering all of the Real Housewives of reality fandom. I'm gonna be be, be recovering the entire, well not, well, not, well, not the entire. Like I just said, I ain't gonna hold y'all. As much of the Housewives cinematic universe as I can ingest. Um, I'm going to be covering lo- Love and Hip Hop. Um, Atlanta and Miami is out right now. And I'm going to do a whole video about the Love and Hip Hop franchise as a whole. And then I'm going to go and talk about Atlanta and Miami separately because I have questions about Love and Hip Hop. As a franchise and as individual shows, I have questions, a lot of questions, more than I choose to begin to state in this episode. So if you like love and hip hop, make sure you tune in for that too, because this ain't just a Housewives podcast. Now, with that being said, this ain't just a Housewives podcast. This ain't just a Housewives and love and hip hop podcast. I'm also going to be covering Married to Medicine as well, because Married to Medicine is not only my favorite ensemble female-led reality show on Bravo. It is also my favorite ensemble female reality show on television. Married to Medicine is the female-driven show for me right now. And I feel like Married to Medicine is the most underrated show not only on Bravo, but of Well, I'm not going to say of all reality TV shows because I don't watch all reality TV shows. So I'm not going to say who's underrated and and who's not outside of Bravo. But when it comes to Bravo, I do feel like they are underrated and I feel like they are in season nine and I'm talking to people about Bravo and they're reacting to Married to Medicine like it's a new show. Like, they're about to go into their ninth reunion and they have... 80 to 90% of the original cast on the show right now. They have 80% of the original cast still on the show after nine years. Not many reality shows were, were doing that besides Shaws of Sunset, who I feel like I should do it, who I feel like I should do an episode about, but I don't necessarily know enough about the show. Like I watched Shaws of Sunset intermittently. Like I like the 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 show, I liked all of the show that I did watch. Like I watched the, the the very beginning of the show and then I would watch random seasons in between. But I don't have enough of the full overarching story to want to talk about Shaws of Sunset right now. But I do feel like I'm going to go back and do it at some point. I'm going to go back and re-watch the seasons and go back and really dive into it and really talk about how, even though I haven't been watching Shaws of Sunset right now or for a while... I don't think that the show should have been canceled because of the, the the dynamic of the show and the clear popularity of the show. I feel like even if I wasn't watching the show, I feel like there there was a lot of people that was. And I feel like if I was surprised as somebody who wasn't even watching the show consistently, I feel like there has to be an even greater shock for the people who were watching the show. So I do feel like I am going to talk about that at some point. Um, but... I'm going to cover Tammy and Waka with the Flocka on um, TV, Tammy Rivera and Waka Flocka Flame. Because I've watched the first three episodes of their show. And I feel like there is a lot that needs to be talked about when it comes to family dynamics. When it comes to that reality show. I feel like there's a lot that is happening on their show that we don't see happening on a lot of reality shows. There is a real test of family dynamics and there's a real struggle to establish a cohesive family dynamic even when the family is not in a traditional state. So I feel like what the Flocka is a show that is another underrated bubbler because i feel like this show is really starting to get some real steam in season three i feel like they're really starting to give us a real palpable water cooler story that i want to talk about on a regular basis so i'm definitely going to talk about that um what other shows am i going to cover um, I'm sure there are going to be others that I'm going to talk about that I just can't mention right now. Oh, the Kardashians! Definitely going to cover the Kardashians because it took me a while to finish the first season, but once I did, I am invested to a point because I want to see how far they're going to take this restyling of the show. I feel like there was—I feel like this first season was a good warm-up for what they can do with this new with this new docu style of the way they're doing their show um i feel like they gave me a lot in this first season that i didn't get and, and, and that i also wanted from the past few seasons of keeping up with the kardashians so i'm going to definitely talk about the new season of the kardashians i'm going I'm going to talk about the old season of the Kardashians 2 before the new season premieres. Like like I said, that podcast may come out after the season has already started airing, but I'm jumping into this podcast kind of head first and so I'm trying to catch up and do all of these um do all of the episodes about shows that I really want to talk about and about things that I really want to cover as they're kind of happening in real time. So some of the episodes may be a little behind what's actually happening in real time, but the podcast is going to be on the internet forever. So people who are just discovering this podcast way after the season has already aired and there are three seasons down the line, they can still come back and, watch and listen. I'm still in the YouTube mindset, sorry, they can still come back and listen to this show and it can still be in a general chronological format that they can, oh, I got a package delivered. Yay. I've been waiting on this. It can still be delivered. (laughs) Excuse me. Um, it can still be done and and consumed in a way that is still within a relative chronological format because it doesn't have to be in real time to to still cover the show in its in its airing format do you get what i mean so i now tend not to worry about whether I'm covering things in real time because at the end of the day it's going to be on the internet forever my my videos are going to be on YouTube forever as long as I say so and this podcast is going to be up forever so people who discover this podcast down the line and, and and you know a long time from now who like come back and binge they can still feel like they're listening to what's happening in real time at that moment even if it's way down so I'm covering the, 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 the Kardashians. I'm gonna be doing some shows about, shows that aren't even on the air right now. Like I wanna do a kind of mini series in this podcast called One Season Wonders about reality shows that lasted one season. And I wanna talk about some that I like, some that I didn't like, some that I don't understand why they didn't get canceled. And then some that I definitely, uh, I definitely get why they got canceled. Um, I'm gonna do, like, these, these, like, spot episodes on these one season wonders, so, like, you, so, like, you can expect that. The first one that I'm gonna do is on the reality show Strut, which was exec, which was executive produced by Whoopi Goldberg. It was the show about the all-transgender modeling agency. It was starring Dominique Jackson, Leif Ashley, Eris, um, Isis King, um great show, great show. I love that one. And I'm gonna cover that one first because I don't understand why that didn't come back. Um but I'm going to do that. I'm going to also um I have a couple collabs that I'm working on. I have one collab that I'm already working on that I've already secured. I've 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 got the episode already kind of planned out of what I wanna do and I'm just waiting to like coordinate this coordinate the schedules and like figure out when we want to do it and then i'll i'll um drop that if you've been watching my lives recently you'll know exactly who the collab is with but i'm but i'm not gonna say it right now i'm just gonna wait until we we do it and it's getting ready to drop and then y'all will see who it is and by that time i'm sure that person will y'all will already know who it is whether i told you who it is or not so um, get ready for that. I'm working on an- on another collab with a dear friend of mine. Um, when it comes to this media, Bravo, Housewives space, um, my my um, good good home girl who I'm talking to right now about doing doing a collab. So hopefully you'll see that. So I'm doing a lot of work right now. I've got a lot of shows coming up, and I'm adding all different types of concepts and things that I want to do. And sh- there's new shows coming out all all the time, so I'll always be busy. Um, I think that's the beauty of not locking my my myself into just talking about Bravo or just talking about VH1 or just talking about the Kardashians or just talking about one show. I think covering all of reality TV allows me to cover whatever shows I want and not feel like I'm doing a disservice because I'm talking about any and every show that interests me, right? Um, but with that being said, I, I, I want you to I want you guys to get in on the conversation and leave me voice notes leave me suggestions there's gonna be a link in the, in the description of the podcast as well as a description of the video that's gonna be on on youtube of this podcast where you guys can leave me voice notes and let me know what you want me to talk about what shows you want me to talk about leave me feedback on the episodes just say hey leave me suggestions whatever blah 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 so that link will be in all of my descriptions and i'll be talking about it on the show as well um, leave me comments on all the social medias that I have. My official Instagram for this podcast is going to be Real Reality Realness on Instagram. Um, it's up now. I just converted my YouTube channel um, page into the podcast page. So you can go back and look at all of my YouTube content on that page as well and keep up with the podcast and all the things that I have coming up there um, that's pretty much where you can keep up with the podcast if you want to keep up with me my Instagram and Twitter is Cherie Laveau C-H-E-R-I-E like my Shetty Amour and Laveau like Madam um, like Madame Marie um, yes M- Madame Marie Laveau Um, I was trying to make that sound, sound a little clever, but then I realized that I mixed up the M's. So anyway, the, my personal, um, social media is just Sheree Laveau, C-H-E-R-I-L-A-V-E-A-U. And that's me on Instagram and Twitter. Um, the fastest way to get in touch with me is probably Instagram. Um, But yeah, like I said, the description for the voice notes will be in the description box of both this podcast and the YouTube video that will be up. I'm hoping to do um, some sort of interactive element with the YouTube video. But if it's just the podcast, don't shade me. I think I created a great thumbnail to coincide with the cover art. Let me know what you think about that in the in the voice notes as well. Let me know what you think about the cover art and the artwork for the podcast. Let me know what you think about the name Real Reality Realness with with Sheree LaBeau. If you are coming over to the podcast from my YouTube channel and, and you know me a uh, from my YouTube channel or being on Kim Pyre's channel on Hot Messy Topics with, uh, with uh, uh Up and Adam, um, down with Jason, um, calling into wherever, whoever. Um, let me know if you're coming from my YouTube days. If you're a new listener of this podcast, let me know that as well. And let's just have a conversation. And I appreciate every single one of you guys For tuning in. I'm not exactly sure what my release um, rate is going to be. I don't know if I'm going to do one episode a week, two episodes a week, three episodes a week. I'm not exactly sure. Um, I'm going for hopefully two episodes a week, but I'm not going to lock that in stone and like say and promote that right now. But I'm going to work on developing what is the best consistency based on what shows are on, what I'm watching, da-da-da-da-da. So as my watching schedule regulates itself out, then I'll be able to regulate the um, podcast and then figure out spot episodes and all of those things. So with that being said, thank you guys again for tuning in. I am Cherie Laveau, and this has been Real Reality Realness with Cherie Laveau. Thank you so much, and I'll see you guys next time. Mwah.